Just our real estate episode number 205. We you know, sit there and I can say, yeah, that's ridiculous. You can't do that for that much or this much. Or, <laughs> you know, you wonder how realistic some of the shows are sometimes. All right, guys, welcome to Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host. If you've never been here before, welcome to the show. I am very grateful that you are joining us today. If you're coming back for more, if you're a regular regular listener, then welcome back, guys. All right, today we have the second half of the awesome interview that started last week with Scott and Jessica Hallwick. And these guys are new investors, but they are lighting it up. They're doing some great stuff, really smart, just incredibly smart investors, especially for how new they are to the business. And I'm just amazed at what they're doing and, and the, some of the smart moves they're making right off the bat. So I can't wait to bring you the second half of that video. Before I do, quick reminder, fail fast flipping, Justin Williams over at House Flipping HQ and I have partnered up. We are working on the world's greatest program for real estate investors. Okay. Maybe that's an overstatement, but I don't think it is. I think it is the best program that is currently on the market for real estate investors. To get started, get out there, the amount of content, the amount of interaction, the amount of questions that you can get answered in the forum that's available to you as a member is unprecedented. Nobody but nobody gives you this much for any price. And the price of the program is incredibly reasonable. You can break it up into payments. There's just really no excuse. And there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So I highly suggest that you go over there and check it out. You can get there through my website at justerrealestate.com. And then go to the right-hand side of the page, click on the Fail Fast Flipping link, and everything you want to know about the program, every question you might have about what is offered, and everything is right there. Go check it out. I can't wait to see you on the inside. If you do go, if you do sign up, if you do uh, become a member of that program, give me a little shout-out on the Facebook uh, page there. Give me get, Find me on Facebook through that um, through that site, through the membership forum, and uh, give me a little shout. Say, hey, I heard it on your show. I decided to take the plunge and join the program, and uh, I just want to introduce myself, and I will introduce myself back, and I will take it upon myself to give you extra special attention. You can obviously ask me anything you want, and it's a heck of a program. So go check it out. Tell me what you think. I would love to hear back from you. Okay, let's dive into the second half of this interview. And the second half is as good, like I said last week, if not better than the first half. I mean, I, there was a point where I was going to wrap it up right around, you know, right around now is where I was going to try to wrap things up. But I hadn't gotten through everything I wanted to ask them. And everything they were saying was prompting me to ask them more questions about their business and how they're doing things. And, you know, these guys are just super interesting people and they're super smart investors. So I really, I had to keep going. I apologize at the end of this video. You'll hear me apologize to them because I just, it's probably more than twice as long as I told them I would hold them on this interview. They were gracious enough to stay on the line. They said, you know, things were going great. They didn't even really notice it was going so long. Hopefully that's true, but they were nice enough to stick around and keep answering questions, and I just kept firing at them because I thought it was an incredibly important and incredibly helpful interview for new real estate investors. So I hope you enjoy the second half. I look forward to interviewing these guys in the future and seeing how far they go in the next year. I think these guys are just gonna be absolute rock stars. So here we go with the second half of the interview. I hope you enjoy it. 
make sure that you don't leave things up to guessing is I guess what I'm trying to say there. Don't, don't guess at things, um, just uh, presume, you know? Yeah, I agree. Especially when you're starting out, you really need to be thorough because there's just so much you can miss just because you don't know, right? You don't know what Absolutely. you don't know. So, you know, and then the other side of that equation is I, I know people who flip a hundred houses a year and they don't even go in the houses hardly. So, you know, but that comes with experience. It comes with comfort level. It comes with knowing the the area. It comes with knowing that if something really goes wrong, you're covered. I, I go into houses. I do less investigation than I did year one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. That being said, I still go into the houses. And, and but my my I'm able to go through and 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 uh, get a a quick idea of what it's going to cost to renovate it. You know, ten minutes. I can walk through and get the numbers, but. That's because I've done so many, I've seen so many, but you're right. right. When you're first starting out, man, go through, look at the furnace, look at the hot water here, look at the roof if you can. It's tough in the Midwest here, though, where, where the snow and everything on the east side, you get that snow on the roof. You you don't know. And the way it snowed this winter, right, you could have two or three feet of snow on your roof. How do you, yeah, re- sure. how do you remove that, you know? Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I don't have a, a great answer other than if, if the numbers support it, just assume you need to put on a new roof if it's if it's exactly. an older yeah. house. That's kind of what we do now. We What we'll do is we'll, well, I say we do now as if we're doing a whole ton of them, but on the the, 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 the ones going forward, we automatically now assume that we're going to be doing a roof unless we, when we see it, and even a portion of it can tell that it was brand new. If that's not the case and it looks like it has any sort of age to it at all, we just assume we're going to have to do it. Yeah, and that's safe. And if the numbers can support it, then you definitely should do that. Um, And I know I would like to ask you this too. So you're using Realtor to find your houses. Is that how you're? I know you got two more two more under contract. Is that how you found those as well, or how are you finding all the houses going forward? Well, I've heard it said by some people (laughs) that once you actually make the first step of getting started, somehow they just kind of come to you and. My wife has been active to an extent initially in doing the yellow letters uh, and getting those out, but um, we actually haven't really gotten any solid uh, leads from those. We have gotten people to call back, and of course, is the typical that a lot of people experience. Some people will call back just to yell at you that <laughs> why are you sending me a letter <laughs> about my house, right? But um, you know, we do plan on uh, investing in that in the future. But for right now, it does seem that word of mouth gets out. We uh, we have uh, this next deal that we're going to be doing happens to be from a friend at church who uh, knew that, you know, we just started this up and he's in a situation where he really, you know, it needs something to work out for him. And so we're trying to put something together for him right now. And, um, you know, it'll help him, you know, to relocate and get kind of get out of the situation. It's a, you know, one of the stress situation he's in and, and also sure. at the same time, we'll be able to, to make some money on it as well. Okay. Um, so that's awesome. You guys are doing yellow letters too. Like you just throw that in there, but you're new. I know people who've been in this business for 10 years and don't, don't, they don't do direct marketing. You know, they've, they've never pulled that trigger. Maybe they're nervous about it, whatever. So you guys have done yellow letters too. I mean, you haven't bought a house that way. It sounds like, but you're getting calls. So that's, that's awesome. It really yeah. is. That's, that's not a, usually a new person type move. Like I said, my wife jumps in full steam. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting to think, Scott, I'm starting to think you're very replaceable. I think uh, I need to talk to Jessica <laughs> yeah. and ha- hire her onto my team and see if I can get her to work here in Not Michigan. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Scott in the field making it happen. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm joking around. No, that's awesome. That You know what? And I'll tell you, I mean, 
you know, you couldn't hire someone. I'm, I'm talking to, I guess, Scott now. If you were just you, right, you couldn't yeah. hire someone to do the same job because nobody will care as much as your wife. And the right. other way around, Jessica, if it were just you and you wanted to do this and you don't want to be out there in the field and you had time to investigate, how do you find someone who's going to be out there really who has your your, biz, your best interest in mind and your business? So that's why I think this husband and wife team thing is, oh, yeah. is really incredible because that's you have someone who is so full invested in the success they're not just gonna see something else and wander off and, and just leave you hanging I mean they're they're into it as much as you are Absolutely. And, uh, you can't hire that who, she's the one who keeps faithfully reminding me that we got to turn this from a hobby into a business you know yeah, there you go yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah not doing all the work yourself yeah. that's definitely something that's that gonna be a hard one going was, forward yeah. because it's I tough enjoy, knowing yeah. how to knowing how to do renovations is like you said it's a blessing and a curse and the more you do and the more you scale your business the more it goes from being a blessing to being a pure curse because yeah. you can't be out there swinging a hammer your time is not going to be best spent scott swinging yeah. a hammer and laying carpeting or whatever that and is and i'll tell you as you're saying that she's pointing the finger at me and yeah smiling. you know i coach i i do have a, i have a coaching program too and i've I talked to some people I've, I've coached people who who are carpenters and they know how to do this and they go no 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 but i can do it a lot cheaper and you know what there's there's a lot of things that you have to think about holding costs if, if you're not doing it as fast as a team could do it sure. and sure. and really what what would you pay someone to do that versus what is your time worth to really like run the business and not be nailing hammers into a wall at eight o'clock at night with you know with lights you know on because yeah. it's dark outside like it, it, it's such it's fine in the beginning but I, I tell you as you scale you should take that that uh, tool belt off and not put it back on. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Well, <laughs> you'll have to check back with us in the future. On I mean, I it will limit you. It will limit you. You'll hit a ceiling pretty soon if if you're yeah. doing too much of the work well, and I that's all you'll be able to do. What I promised her is is that when we you know as we get to that point we continue growing in that direction. While I will do pr primarily focus on actually just purely project management instead of project working, <laughs> yeah. that um, I I will as long as I have one pet project to keep me busy in between you know while I'm doing it so that I can always have something to do because <laughs> yeah you need a, it, yeah you need that fix yeah oh absolutely I mean honestly I've lost weight doing this which has been tremendous uh, a wonderful uh, benefit to it is I like I said I went from a sedentary job to actually having to do some good physical hard work and it's it's rewarding to kind of see the fruit of your labor like physically you know yeah uh, and that's the reason I enjoy it. It, it it's I think I'll have an easier time getting away with getting away from the pride issue as far as oh no one else can do a good a job because I've already now in this process met contractors who yeah. who we you know which again is another challenge um, but but now we have established some relationships with some people we can firmly trust they'll do a good job and they work as if it's their own project yeah. so I know they're out there <laughs> you just gotta work uh, to find those finding yeah. them I think that's hard when you first start too um, you know finding those good contractors and so I think that's why you know he also took on a little bit more but I mean we definitely did you know sub out a lot of stuff to contractors too so it's not mm -hmm. like he did everything all by himself yeah yeah so, exactly. the greatest yeah. benefit yeah. you'll realize of, of knowing how to do this stuff is that you won't be able to be asked as easy you yeah, know, exactly. you know what you're doing and, and you can speak intelligently about it. And when I first started, I am not a contractor, so mm -hmm. it was very easy to lie to me and, and get it past me because I just didn't know. So now yeah. what I've, I still don't know how to do anything. Like I can't fix anything, but I know, I know two things. I know what things should cost right. and, I, and I know how long it should take. 
And those are the two keys when you're when you're managing crews is if you know what it should cost, you know how long it should take, and, and you know it can be done, obviously, then right. that takes a lot of it out of the equation for them. So, and then yeah. getting a good contractor, you know, fortunately, I have some contractors that I deal with that I have a lot of trust in, and when they tell me something, it sounds logical, it, you know, it makes sense, and, and we move forward, and I know they're not trying to pull one over on me, but I've had bad experience with contractors who didn't pay subcontractors and liens on houses, and it's a disaster right. until you get Absolutely. your feet under you but that's going to be the main benefit of all of your knowledge is not that you can do it but that you understand what's being done and you can speak right. about it intelligently yeah absolutely right. and that was uh you know that's one of those things um that she uh, also had gotten a hold of is is uh, proper forms i believe from jay scott you know the the proper forms that you would want to present to a contractor protect yourself legally that's all very very important um you know, to have that proper contract signed and, and your payment schedules, finding out how they want to do that. And even with, uh, you know, people up front, if you're just starting out to work with them, it's not out of uh, line to ask them uh, to up front, um, you be the one to maybe go, if you, you know, you haven't, don't have a relationship with them yet, that you would be able to go and pay for the materials, have them delivered, and then they could start to work and then work out a payment schedule after that, you know, until you really get comfortable with someone, be, uh, you know, because you don't know how things are going to go up front, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Now, since you brought it up, it's a good question. How do you do your payment schedules? What do you give them up front? How do you structure that normally? <laughs> We've had... We've had a bit of a struggle over it. I'll let good, you... that's fine. I want to hear that. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, spend... not, it's not good for you, but it's good for yeah. the audience to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, again, these are some of the things that we do. And when, we, when I say we butt heads, it's always in a fun and constructive way. You know, it, it's, it, it, it helps and it's, it adds to the energy of the business. Absolutely. But um, I tend to be a little more trusting um, because I know I'm trustable. So I presume that on other people. Um, and so if I usually give people the benefit of the doubt up front, my wife tends to be a bit more skeptical with that. So, uh, she's always kind of been there to say, no, 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 you know, you have to make sure you do this and that. So she's had me, has had to train me, uh, into making sure that, uh, you know, again, when we first meet them, that we, we work out, have a, everything written down that we will give them no more than, uh, uh, 50% upfront in terms of, uh, what they, their, their payment schedule, the labor part of it. Okay. So we'll pay for the materials and have them delivered. And even if they say, well, we don't want you to go buy it. We want to buy it. I'll agree to go with them and say, okay, let's go together. And then I'll pay for it once it says, so I know it's in my name and it's going to be delivered to the property that I have purchased. That's very important. Um, because someone can, uh, you know, I mean, I guess I could say in, in one way on a smaller contract, I did get burned, uh, from someone who had, you know, uh, said that they were going to go buy the stuff. And so the deposit was for the materials, you know? Sure. And so, and fortunately it happened to be a small contract. So it, it turned out to be that the person, while he was working with me for a while on some other stuff, uh, ended up splitting on me when I was trying to call him to account on that one particular contract. So I ended up paying for materials I never received. Uh -huh. Um, so that's why it's very important. And again, it's a lesson, a good lesson learned. Uh, might be a hard way, but at least you, know, you won't make the mistake again. If it involves uh, materials, make sure that you go with them and you see them actually buy. You know, again, you could be the one buying it. You pay for it and then make sure it's your name and your address that's on, on the receipt so that it comes to that property. So that even if the person doesn't show up to do the work, you haven't paid them for material you didn't receive. Yeah, that's good advice. That's sound advice for sure. So <clears throat> you're paying for the material, then you're giving them 50% of the labor up front then? Only with contractors we know and yeah, have okay. worked with already. With new okay. ones, we don't. Yeah, with okay. new you ones, know. we'll have them We'll have them write up a thirds. We'll do a thirds. Gotcha. 
good. So good. Third up, yeah, third up front, and then they then then when after a certain uh, third of the work is done, we'll give them another third of the payment, so on until it's done. Awesome. You were worrying me with the fifty percent. I cr- yeah, I literally I I, phys- I physically cringed over here when I heard fifty. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I forgot to mention the experienced people. That's how I yeah. do it now with the guy I wor- I've been working with for a while. So yeah, yeah. She thanks for reminding me. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good to know. And it's, it, you know, I, the reason I wanted to be clear clear about it is because there are people listening who've not done their first deal. And, yeah. and, and sometimes they're, they're writing notes about this because, hey, you guys are basically one step ahead of them. You know what I mean? So you're the best people to learn from right now in a lot of ways. And, and they're taking notes. So <clears throat> I don't want people giving anyone 50% on somebody they don't know. No, absolutely. No, just a small amount or. And make sure. Sh- yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm I was going to say, I wouldn't even pay ahead of you know, work that they haven't done yet, yeah. you know, after it's completed, then. You so you, know, you yeah. also have to understand, this is where we argued. Okay. So here's what we argued over in case anyone wants to know me, me coming from the background of doing jobs for people. Again, in my mind, I got to go buy the materials. I don't have a surplus account to go do that from. So uh, when I do jobs, have done jobs for people on site, I will ask them for the, at least the, uh, enough money, which usually ends up coming out to about 50% to go buy the materials. And so I'm, I, you know, again, the mistake you can make is if, you know, you trust yourself to do that for other people, you assume that everyone else is going to work that way too. Yeah. So the thirds, the thirds idea, again, after I learned the hard when that one particular thing um, is very important to play out with people you do not have an established relationship with. Um, and also to vet them, make sure that they have, uh, 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 you know, a legitimate license, obviously, yeah, yeah. a better business bureau, you check them out that way. Just do, you'd be so surprised at what just doing a simple search on someone's name online can turn up about the person Absolutely. where maybe someone might have when we, we were able to vet a, a several contractors that way where we end up finding out, you know, some of them had had warrants out, you know, so just because they show up as a contractor and just because they have a license doesn't mean that there's not some history there that you want to be concerned about. So make sure you vet them, get references too. Yeah, very smart. And I will say this too, when it comes to materials, you know, if the materials come out to be ten thousand dollars just just for a number they're not going to buy ten thousand dollars worth of material on day one so even right. if you're paying them for materials and you're and, and for whatever reason you're trusting them to go get it don't ever assume or believe that they're going to buy every material needed from the start to the finish of the job on day one they're not they're going to yeah. buy you know two thousand dollars worth of materials day one maybe so well, I, you know I, just I be careful everything up front. <laughs> it's yeah. impossible to get everything up front because there's always yeah. things- into so. yeah it's completely impossible so you know just for the new people don't don't think that that all the material is going to be purchased day one under any circumstances and i did the same thing i used to go and buy the material myself you get to a point and i, I know you guys will get there too where you have a trust level you have confidence in your contractor and you could just say quote the, I, I just have my contractor quote the material into the job and then mm-hmm. i usually give them a check for 25 percent of the total job right so if the total right. jobs you know whatever you know the math so that, that's how i do it and he and because i don't want to i hate dealing with material now I don't like going to Home Depot to go get more you know caulk or something I'm just not gonna do that so <laughs> but, but once you once you get down the line I mean that's definitely something you want to work toward but I think it's very smart and it's it's an important point to make that it's really a good idea for you if you're not buying the material that you're there when it's purchased so you know it's being purchased and if anything's being delivered it has your you know your address of the property on it so that's that's yeah. great advice yeah, and 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 if even if you didn't go with them, if it was something where you had an account that they were use, you know, it still is something where it's assigned to your property, which is really important. Absolutely, know? absolutely. That's a, that's great advice. So, how did that the? I'm getting confused now. The first second, the the first property you sold, the one we're currently talking about, 
How did? Yeah. Can you give me the number, the general numbers? How did that one go? What did you buy it for? What did you sure. end up putting into it? And then what did you sell it for? Or what did you make? Sure. Um, we actually have because uh, for my uh, partner, I did provide a uh, you know a post game wrap up sheet, so to speak. So I do have those numbers right nice. in front of me. And um, we purchased it uh, with the close. The initial purchase came out to one thirty three. Seven ninety nine sixty. So there we go. We're exact on that. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, and that was where again we had made our initial cash offer for the one thirty. Um, and again, just the reason I mentioned the exact dollar amount is because you know everyone needs to consider all those costs that you don't normally plan. You know, you just normally talk about oh, it's going to cost me this this much to buy it, uh, this much to renovate it, and this much to sell. But then you have all the fixed costs that people really need to. Uh, you know, pay attention to. And that's, you know, of course, utilities that you're going to uh, pay while you own it, you know, insurance, you're going to pay on it while you own it. Um, and of course, it would be a vacant property. So you have to find a, a company that will insure it as a vacant property while you're working on it. Because I'm assuming that most people aren't going to plan on living in a, a flip while they're doing it. Right. You know, so we, uh, we paid for our insurance while well, we had it about a thousand dollars when we had this for what hung about what uh three three and a half months you know we didn't we didn't work on it right away so we had it a little longer than we wanted to just because we were working on the other property at the same time right um but we paid uh you know a total for the rehab budget ended up coming out to four just about forty seven thousand okay. um so between the purchase our holding costs and then the actual you know, like taxes, utilities, and all that, which are the holding costs. Our total investment was one eighty three, six thirty nine seventy six. Okay. And we sold it for two hundred and fifty thousand. And when you take out the closing out of that, which was eighteen thousand two hundred, and then seller assist, uh, we gave them back thirty two hundred. So we came away with forty five thousand seven hundred ninety four dollars. That's a fantastic deal. I mean, that's just a great deal. You could, I mean, imagine if you could do, you know. Two of those a month. That's that's fantastic. This was another right. one where we underestimated the ARV. Yeah. yeah. Which that's is kind great. of that's some great. of my thing too, because I always try and be more on the conservative side of what it will sell for. Yeah. And then I mean know. if if you can be yeah. if you can be ultra conservative <laughs> on the ARV and you can still get the house, if you can still get, you know, win yeah. the bid. I mean, that's just money in your pocket. But yeah. the funny thing is, and this is where I just keep shaking my head. I don't know how you guys are new at this because I've never heard of, uh, and I'm I'm saying this, uh, you know, with affection. I, I've never heard of rookies doing such a good job on the ARV. That's usually yeah. where people go. Oh, I want this so bad. I I'm gonna really do a great job. I'm just gonna bump that ARV up ten percent. Like, no, 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 no. Bump it down ten percent, if anything. Yeah. Don't yeah. bump it up. And and, yeah. and most people get so excited and they want the job so or they want the deal so bad that they overestimate that ARV. It's very unusual for new investors to be real under and real conservative on that and still get the property. Now, some people will be conservative and they'll say, well, the, you know, the ARV is going to be 200, but I'm going to say 175. And I think the rehab is going to be 30, but I'm going to say it's going to be 50. And then they, they pretty much work themselves out of ever getting that deal because they're so conservative. So uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a level of conservativeness that, that allows you to be safe, but still get the deal. And that seems like what you guys have found. Yeah, and, and that's very important you say that because I would say that that was, did, is what kind of delayed us, I think, on several of our first homes. We had made some offers initially right in our own neighborhood where it's a great selling neighborhood. And I think those very factors you talked about prevented us from maybe possibly some sooner deals. And then we began to realize, because my wife actually, who, who uh, 
and I say this affectionately, hon, lightened up a little bit on her conservatism because she is definitely the one who is the pulling the belt tight, you know, no, we can't do that. No, we can't, you know, and I tend to be the free, free wheeling, you know, yeah, yeah, we can do that. So we kind of work together and balance it out. But I think uh, she did she, on this, this home that we got this great deal on, we offered them their full asking price. And what was good is that they, they um, were realistic. The granddaughter was realistic and realizing that the home did need some work and, she knew that it would probably be an investor that picked it up. Um, and so her asking price was very reasonable to begin with. So we were able to do that. But it was my wife at the last minute who did push it up to, to the full asking. We were going to offer her 10000 less than her asking. And my wife said, you know what? This is such a great neighborhood. Let's just push it to that asking price. And then, of course, that combined with how we wrote the offer up uh, is what got us the deal. Very smart. Do you mind? How do you, how do you get your ARV? How do you get that number? Are you figuring that out, Jessica? Or are you going to the uh -huh. realtor? The realtor sends us some initial stuff that uh, we kind of go over, and then I'll go kind of back in and look at um, online, like solds, and just really look at the pictures, what other people have done, and what they've been able to sell it for. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that really helps kind of narrow it down even more, you know. I think yeah. we were conservative at first, but I think as we started rehabbing it and looking a little more into the area, and what had sold in the past, like not necessarily three months ago, but even six months ago, because there really wasn't anything that had sold recently. So we went back a little bit further and we were able to see that a lot of the homes, it was a very quaint area and it was just a couple streets really, just a small neighborhood that kind of had that feel. And they were actually selling for quite a bit more than homes just a few streets out of that neighborhood. So we were able to kind of pick up on that and realize, yeah, this home will probably sell for more than what we were originally thinking. So yeah. that's awesome. Now when you go back and look at the numbers that the the solds and things in the area, are you using like publicly available websites like Zillow and things like that? Or are you getting MLS access? <laughs> Unfortunately I don't have MLS access yet myself. Um so our realtor does do a good job of sending us some of his stuff, but I do go back and I just look at the solds on Zillow. Um, I know some of the information can be unreliable, but usually if stuff is already sold, you know, you'll see, sure. able to see the pictures and, you know, usually that price is pretty good. You know, you can count it trustworthy that that's, you know, what it's sold for. So yeah. that's usually kind of what I use Zillow for, mostly the pictures, because um, some other sites, they don't have the pictures of some of the houses that it's sold. So that, that really helps to see the finishes that were, you know, put in the houses that it's sold. Yep. Old, you can compare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, that's good. Very go, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's very important. Is as far as uh, doing the research um, for the for the comps, um, you, you want to make sure you're matching a lot of things up. And then uh, again, considering the fact that a lot of homes that sell are usually by homeowners, the majority of them by homeowners, not not people who are flipping houses. And so while they may have done some things to uh, say update maybe a kitchen, you know, they may not have done the extensive amount of work that that someone flipping a house would. So. Sure. You know, you're you're definitely gonna, you know, not want to price it at the top of the market, but you want to, you know, because you got to be competitive. But you also want to make sure that, uh, you know, you take those things into into consideration when you're when you're comparing it. And then we would bounce those numbers and that research that we would come up with off our realtor and see what he would come up with what as well. And so, it works really good. It's a good synergy, a good teamwork thing as far as uh, uh, you know, bouncing numbers off of each other and and feeling what a good range is for the house to sell at. Yeah, I like to use that, you know, the analogy of uh, you, you want to get a 360 degree view of some of these deals. And I'm kind of in the same 
similar situation as you guys, and, and, and specifically Jessica talking to you on this, I have a, a realtor who I work with who gives me ARVs, and he, you know he does that market market research and things like that. But I, I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that I go into Zillow, I go into other these other websites like that to just double check some things and just yeah. get another perspective. I know it's less reliable, but it's still another perspective. It's it's just I can look at the sold comps and things like that. And something for you, Scott, <clears throat> just to give you a little a little tip here, and then for the sure. audience too. Sure. There's an app. I don't know if you have an iPhone or a, an Android or yep. what you have. You have an iPhone. Yep. Good man. <laughs> so an app an app that I that I was turned on to I found it's kind of cool I mean it's along the lines of Zillow and, and truly in terms of its reliableness I wouldn't say it's it's not the MLS but it's called HomeSnap have you heard of it Yes Okay cool you can take a picture of a house don't have to know where you are just take a picture and it'll pull up all the information okay. Very very okay. cool I would highly yeah. recommend it. it. You know, it's just another tool. And when you're out there in the field, Scott, and you see something, even if you just drive by something, if you're not driving for dollars necessarily, yeah. you drive by and see a house, take a picture of it. It'll pull it up and tell you, you know, what it, the estimate is what it's worth and how many bedrooms and square footage. And it's great. I mean, you can take it home then and show Jessica or whatever, go to your realtor. Yeah. But it's it's a cool little app that I have uh, just you, recently you, found. You actively do that right when you're at the location. So it uses your GPS, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what it does. It uses a GPS. But it's it's really I mean, I'm not a techie guy, but it's cool as heck that you can take a picture of a house and your phone can identify the house and tell you all the information about it. I mean, it's cool because I don't always know what street I'm on. I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm driving around. I see something and go, oh, cool. And I, I've gotten lazy. I, you know, I could pull it up on my phone and look what street I'm on, but I can just take a picture of it and it pulls up all the information yeah. for me just with a picture. So, yeah, that's beneficial. Yeah. yeah and cool. speaking to even the MLS stuff, that was originally what was going to be our strategy going into this was I had originally, um, <laughs> to my shame, I guess I could say I wasted 400 bucks of my partner's money, but I mean, we just got so busy that I couldn't pursue it, but I was originally going, uh, trying to get my own real estate license. Um, and we still may do that in the future, but I think if we do, it'd be my wife doing it instead since, uh, she seems to be very geared towards the research end of it. And, um, yeah. you know, I think she would probably work out better, whereas I'm more out in the field doing this stuff, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned Jay Scott a few times. I actually interviewed him. Really smart guy, really, really good investor. And one of the things that he kind of opened my eyes to a little bit, I still I don't have my realtor's license, and I don't know that I'm going to get it. But he said, you know, one of the best benefits, one of the biggest benefits of having your realtor's license is not necessarily comping properties and looking at after repair values. It's doing the research and seeing the market trends and figuring out where the greatest disparity between the prices that houses are being purchased for and the prices they're being sold for because ultimately sure. you want to be in those areas like you said the areas that are selling that are hot but also the areas that have the largest discrepancy between purchase and sale price i mean that's sure. information's invaluable and just getting your license just to have that kind of research the access to that information is is worth it yeah absolutely yeah and some of the earlier on research we had done as well was just even in the area we're in, um, you know, we, we noticed that over the years we've been here, when we initially came here, see a lot of people that live in this area are kind of, you know, this is the affordable area, right? <laughs> people who work in New York, people who work in North Jersey or down in Philly, you know, they, they come into Lehigh Valley because the, you know, it's a short, relatively short commute. Um, and the, the real estate, you get a lot more for your money. Um, and yet over the years, that has begun to change to where this whole area is really uh, burgeoning and is becoming a very strong self-sustaining economy and more people that uh, uh, live here, work here. So right. that was another thing that's very important to observe because then, of course, the real estate becomes even more uh, uh, solid and reliable. So while the numbers 
you know, everybody's familiar with the crash in 2008 and how everything was a bubble. Uh, and so the numbers here have been on a steady incline, but not a ridiculous incline. So you know it's a good, solid, reliable growth. It's not something that's inflated or fake, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's really good. That's really smart, and that's really a good point, actually. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Now, as you guys go forward, I know you're obviously, like you even said, your aspiration is to this will be your full-time gig, and it'll be the full-time thing for your for your partner as well. What are specifically, what are your, your short and long-term goals here? What are you trying to do in the next six months to a year? And where do you want to be, say, five years down the road? Uh, well, I'd say to finish out the year, um, we want to try and acquire about three to four more properties uh, to flip. And then hopefully next year, you know, we'll be able to maybe double that working on our, you know, systems and processes that we have to get in place, you know, to be able to do that. You know, it's all a part of growing your business. You kind of want everything to kind of be going at the same time, you know, you need yeah, those systems yeah. in place and stuff. So that's definitely something that I try and focus on implementing and, um, you know, getting those things going. Um, so, and then we're just uh, continuing to build relationships with other realtors, wholesalers, and investors in the area because that's another very important thing is networking with others, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely something we're going to be uh, looking to do going forward. Yeah, networking is, is very important. Uh, that, that's something that we, we try to pay a lot of attention to is meeting people, networking, talking, um, passing out cards. I mean, you never know. The next person you talk to might have, you know, the next great contractor, you know, or, yep. or the next great deal, you know. So you, it's just it's very important to network. Um, you make yourself uh, available. Don't be shy, you know. <laughs> Get out there. And I think, um, again, when she was talking about that, when we focus on the areas, you know, in order to get it to grow, um, I mean, as far as my partner's concerned, you know, we'd like to try to get it to where he's, uh, uh, you know, working a lot more on, on, on other means of capital so that we would have, um, I think one of the things that's been a bit of a, um, like we have actually, while we've been working on the current projects, not been able to take advantage of other possible deals or at least making the offers because right. we knew that we weren't going to have the capital to, it was tied up. So it's going to be very important going forward to open up our, our capital access. Um, even if it, even though he has a substantial amount that he put in, um, if we're going to grow it to where we can, uh, you know, start doing more of these at once, then we're going to need, uh, we're going to need to figure that out. So that's kind of, kind of his section, you know, uh, to, to, to focus on. And, um, and then, you know, acquisitions obviously is always the biggest part. I mean, like most people will say, you make your money with your with your purchase, your deal, you know? Yep, absolutely. So yeah. now, okay, so I, I do want to say this, though. Um, <clears throat> so right now you guys are, are doing sort of one at a time. Now, I, I mm -hmm. hope hopefully you're doing this. And, and I, my guess is because you're doing so much else so well that you are doing this but in terms of finding you know more capital and reaching out to other investors or however that's going to go you are documenting right pictures and numbers and you're keeping sort of a a, a real nice kind of like professional account of what you're doing yeah i have to obviously for the tax purposes yeah. so what we do is i keep a binder on each property we 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 photograph it at the very beginning uh we keep anything that we do in terms of permitting uh plans which i do my own plans um, and then uh, what we'll do is keep a record of everything from start to finish. And so that this way, every dime is accounted for. I obviously have to do that to be accountable to my partner um, and for tax purposes and stuff. But this way, we also have a total 
photo journal of each yeah. prop as we go. You know, very smart, and that's that is going to be the most helpful thing in, in in talking to other investors and trying to raise that capital. Is they're just going to want to see what you've done. Show me your track right. records. Let's see right. the numbers. And let's see the pictures. So that's right. that's super great. Now, as new investors, you guys are doing a ton right. You, you're having some very very good success early. What advice do you have for people who are listening right now who have not? bought their first property, maybe not even put out their first offer. They've not even made an offer, but they want so badly to get into the business. What would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give someone brand new? Do you want to start first? <laughs> All right. Um, I would say you do definitely have to have some basic knowledge of how it works. So I would recommend um, going to, there's so much sites online. I don't think you need to pay for an expensive education. Um, I would start with your site, just start real estate. Um, uh, thank Jay you. Scott. I didn't pay you for that, but thank yes. you. <laughs> um, so, and there's many other sites. You know, I don't know if you want me to go through them or whatever. I mean, but, if you have a couple that you highly recommend, absolutely. Go um, definitely BiggerPockets.com. We've learned a lot mm -hmm. from there, and we made some good connections on there. And um, also uh, Jay Scott's site, which is One Two Three Flip. So, um, just he has just a lot of good information, very detailed about um, yeah. you know each deal, and I think that's very helpful for yeah. And beyond the sites, uh, mm -hmm. you know, again, people go and spend. It's a shame thousands of dollars for a basically a pep talk. Um, when if you do go and get involved in a local real estate meetup, um, people are more than willing to to uh, even if you do end up paying somebody some money, it will not be anything close to what you pay some guru who comes through and you don't see him ever again. Right. Um, that will be more than willing to, uh, I, uh, you know, work with you. And I know even, you know, Jay Scott and other people will talk about the fact that if you can come and offer something as an apprentice, if there's some way that you can offer them something, they'd be more than willing to work with you and coach you and give you ideas if you can add some value to them. So, um, the main thing I would say in, in terms of what we find at the real estate meetup is when we were getting back to that issue of the analysis paralysis, and since we're talking about that kind of right now, is um, make sure you have a solid game plan. You know, uh, don't just come and say, you know, or have the idea, I want to get started. Like, develop the plan. So if you do the research first on kind of how to put a plan together, like, okay, I know, you know, show someone the numbers. Just like you were even saying to me is that you can show someone in the future when you're trying to build more capital. Um show them show them what you want to do you know don't just say i just want to get started and kind of make it seem like you know i need someone to be a crutch come and have a good solid plan even though you're still asking for the either the financial assistance or some other assistance you you, you want to show that you have a head on your shoulders you know that yeah. you're thinking about it not just hoping that someone brings you the whole way you know great advice and I, you know the number one thing that that investors that i interview all the time the number one thing that they say is network. Networking is key, yep. talking to people, and yep. do not be this give me, I need, what can you do for me? You have to figure out a way to be of value to other people as well. And I, that's exactly what you said. I love that you said it. It's very important. Sometimes new investors are so excited to get started and they're so enthusiastic that they're just like me monsters, right? This is what I need. What can you do for me? Can you show me this? Can you give me this? What contracts do you sure. use to go and look at my house? Like it's yeah. exhausting, and and you know you're you're doing the business. If someone comes to you and they legitimately have something to offer, or you know they're respectful of your time, that goes a long way. And and people who just have you know this me 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 thing going on, 
I hate to say it, but you know, experienced investors are people too, and they they have things going on. Their time's valuable. If it's just you know, do this for me, do that for me, it, they just won't. You won't get a lot of help. So right. you have to approach yeah, it from from the standpoint of you know, you need to be something of value too. Right. Absolutely. From a psychological standpoint, if you just put yourself in the experienced person's shoes, if you show up and you don't have some sort of game plan, even if it's something to offer the value, they're going to view you as um, you're wasting your time. You know, uh, so in other words, if someone's going to if you're talking in the sense that I have a game plan, I just need to put the pieces together to make that game plan work. You're going to be more saleable and you're going to be presenting yourself as someone who can actually pull it off. Right. Rather than than someone who, again, you know, I'm just hoping that something will rub off on me. You yep. know, absolutely great advice. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna end this by apologizing. I kept you so much longer than I told you I would, and the the only reason I did that is because you guys were giving such just valuable answers, and there's such good stuff being shared that I hated to cut it short. So I apologize for going over time, but you guys were awesome. This is. It's going to be super helpful. I know people just starting out, everything we've talked about is something that they wonder about, that they have questions about, that they need to understand how it works, and you guys were very forthcoming. So thank you very much for doing this. Thank you very much for hanging in there with me. I know you have a family and things. It's dinner time. <laughs> no thank, problem. Th thanks for hanging in there. But is there any way, if people want to get in contact with you, and, and you know, not necessarily to bug you, but you never know. There could be someone in Eastern Pennsylvania who's listening right now who says, I've got money. I like these guys. I want to, I want to call them. Well, how yeah. can they get a hold of you? What's the best way? I would say, well, we have our, our email. Mine is uh, sholwick at... Uh, I guess that would be the Mac call. Yeah. M A C, you know, Mac.com. Okay. Yep. And, uh, then my wife's is, uh, Jess Holwick at iCloud.com. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes so everyone can, can see it there. And you have a, you have a website? Not yet. And okay. the funny thing is you would think to my shame, since that's my background that I would have one, but my wife keeps saying, uh, you, we can get one of these done. You don't have to spend your time doing it. And I keep saying, I want to do it, but you know, <laughs> well, you know what I like though, you don't have a website. You're just going out there and buying houses and you're selling them for a profit and you're making money. So I say no big deal. I mean, eventually, obviously it might be a good idea, but I, I love it. You're going out there and you're just doing deals. You're not worrying about some of these, uh, you know, things that necessary aren't necessarily going to get you a lot farther, a lot faster. So that's awesome. We got your email um if anyone gets a hold of you they can do it that way and for anyone who's listening if you want to go to the show notes and check it out and read uh some of these things that they're that they're been sharing with us and that we're talking about and definitely if you want to be able to get hold of them go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash scott and jessica and that's where you can find the show notes it'll be right there everything we talked about and guys once again i really appreciate your time i apologize for going so long but it's a huge compliment to you i, I don't i don't think i've ever gone this long at an interview so uh thank you i mean it was just good stuff thank you it was enjoyable Awesome, guys. Well, good luck to you. Continued success. I'm going to keep following your progress on Bigger Pockets. Okay. I think everyone should do that too. And uh, maybe we'll check back in about a year and see what's going on. All right. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Yep, take care. All right. Bye bye. Wow, what did I tell you guys? Those two are awesome. They are gonna be just fine in their business, no doubt about it. They are 
really smart. I mean, they're doing some things that I wouldn't expect new investors to do. I mean, they're doing the direct mail. I mean, they just they have some systems that they're that they're putting in place very early on, and I'm just super impressed with what they were able to do in such a short amount of time. So I hope you enjoyed the second half of that interview as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. I think, like I said before, I, I just think these guys were super informative and really, really helpful to new investors, and that is exactly the entire point of the show. So hopefully you got a lot out of it. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. You can always go and find them. The uh, Their email addresses will be on the show notes. By the way, the show notes are going to be at uh, juststartrealestate.com forward slash Scott and Jessica. So go check it out. If you missed anything, if you want to go back and just see the, the show notes and kind of see what we covered, uh, if you don't have time to listen to it all or if you didn't have time to listen to it all, then uh, no problem. Go back and check it out uh, and it'll all be there for you. So I can't wait to see you next time. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I think it was great and I will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, guys, until tomorrow, if flipping houses and real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 